of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupong. Be blessed as you listen. Just close your eyes. We're going to bless the name of the Lord. Just give Him glory. Thank Him for the week that has just passed. Just lift up your voice and appreciate God for His goodness. The Bible says it's by His mercies that we are not consumed. Just lift up your voice. Just lift up your voice. Give Him glory. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him worship. Bless his holy name wherever you find yourself. Think about his goodness. Think about his protection. Think about his provision. Think about his grace that is sufficient for us and for his strength that is made perfect even in the times of our weakness. Just lift up your voice and give him glory. Bless his holy name. You want to enter the spirit right now? You want to escape from the realm of the flesh? Just enter the realm of the spirit this morning as you get ready to receive the engrafted word of God. You want to come against every opposition to the word, every opposition to the effectiveness of the word of God in your life this morning. You want to come against it right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Pray that the heavens will be opened upon your head this morning.
Indeed, Lord, we have come to crawl from the bottomless pit of your grave. Somebody draw from the bottomless pit of the Lord. I don't know what you need. Maybe it is a healing for your body. Maybe it is a deliverance from a certain situation. Maybe it is a certain door that is refusing to open. The Bible says, I am he who opens and no man can shut. I shut and no man can open. I see the Lord opening doors. I hear in my spirit the power to become. The power to become. The power to become. There are certain graces when God releases. They are like a blank check. And you can put in whatever you want. The power to become. If anybody is sick in any part of his body. I stand in a place of divine authority. Usher's water. I rebuke every sickness right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I rebuke every foul spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Falekatabosa, situation that are going against you. We command a turn around right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Deliverances are taking place, healings are taking place, restorations are taking place. See the Lord open up somebody's spirit once again. Ashes be Rokolo seta putase, pile deseke, and the Lord is a shot in your horn, like the horn of the Junico. Thus saith the Lord, you are unstoppable, you are unbreakable. No devil can deny you your rightful place. No evil can stand in your way. Just as the Lord said unto Joshua, that there shall not be a man that shall stand before thee. He said unto Jeremiah, I give you the power, the power to plant, the power to uproot, the power to instead. Behold, I give unto your power to trample over scorpions and snakes and over all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies harm I see mantles being released. I see graces being distributed. I see unctions 
been released in this atmosphere right now. I hear divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. Wisdom. Divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. Somebody will just pay. The pain just disappeared. The pain just left your body. The pain just left your body. Somebody with a problem in your right ear. The spirit of God is touching you right now. I rebuke that infirmity. And I command it to be corrected. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Somebody here. Who dreamt in the course of the week. And in the dream you are being pursued. The Lord says today I lift up my mighty right hand against them that pursue you, against them that seek after your life, against them that are against your progress. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I hear divine acceleration. You have been behind for long. But thus saith the Lord, as the Spirit of God came upon Elijah and he ran ahead of the king's chariot, the grace for divine acceleration. Maybe it is in your career, maybe it is in your academics, maybe it is in your ministry. Receive that unction right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we declare that the heavens are open over our heads in Jesus' name. Amen. If your hands are yours, put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. I was highly tempted to start ministering in the spirit, but that will be breaking COVID protocols. So the Holy Spirit will do what he has to do. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for the word? How many of you are ready for the word? I want to present to you a very, very simple message, but I believe it will help you. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to hear the word? Today, I want to speak to you about something I've entitled The Master's Temptation. The Master's Temptation. When we talk about the master, we are talking about only one master. In Christianity, there is only one master, there is only one superstar. There is only one prima donna. And that person is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. And today I want to speak about the temptation of the master. You see, there's a portion of scripture that details a time when Satan dared to go to Jesus to try to tempt him. And I believe there are a lot of lessons we can learn from this particular episode and I'm going to go through this scripture and reveal a few things to you. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus 
if there's anybody in history that Satan really wanted to tempt and cause to sin, it was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because there was so much at stake as far as Jesus Christ was concerned. If Jesus had sinned even once, his blood wouldn't have qualified to wash any sin. And the purpose of his coming to earth would have been for nothing. Hallelujah. So if there's one person that Satan really wanted to cause to sin, it must have been Jesus Christ. So Satan poured all his arsenal. That's what the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way. This particular episode I'm going to share with you wasn't the only time Jesus was tempted. Hallelujah. There were a lot of times, but I believe if the Bible was to chronicle all of that, I'm sure that would have taken the whole of the New Testament. Satan must have tried so many times because I believe he knew that if he was able to contaminate the blood of Jesus Christ with sin, it would have meant it wouldn't qualify. In fact, if Jesus were to be contaminated with sin, what would wash him? Ask yourself that. What, what would have washed him? Nothing. And so Satan tempted him. High level temptations. But the Bible chronicles one, or let me say three episodes or three times where this temptation took place. And I want us to go through it and learn a few things from it. Let's look at the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. We are reading from verse 1 to 11. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to 11. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. It said, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led up to be tempted by the devil. Now, this first portion of the scripture, it tells us that it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus Christ into the wilderness. Hallelujah. And when he went there, he was tempted by the devil. He said in the verse 2, he says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. It was the Spirit of God that led him into the wilderness. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That means this temptation started after 40 days of fasting. No food, no water. Verse 3. He said, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. In the first place, he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And then, even after 40 days of fasting, Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, he had just had a very powerful encounter at the River Jordan, where the heavens opened. And the Bible said the Spirit of God descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He had had a very powerful encounter. And he went into the wilderness, fasted and prayed 40 days and 40 nights. It's not like your fasting that you do. That when you start by 11, ideas start entering your head. See, for a lot of people, it's easier for them to fast when they are either going to school or going to work. If you are at home doing absolutely nothing, the fasting can become bloody. How many can relate to what I'm saying? Those who can relate, it means you don't fast. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. 
That's not what Jesus was doing. 40 days. Wilderness, where will you get Kelewele from? And another version tells us that he was with wild animals. Even the animals want to chew you. 40 days and 40 nights. The man was full of the Holy Ghost, but the accuser still came. If you don't know who the accuser is, it's Satan. Those of you who think Satan can come near you just because you are born again. Jesus himself. Have you done 40 days fasting before? This one is continuous fasting. No water, nothing. Supernatural fast. After that, Satan dead to come near Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So as for coming to you, he will come. It is what you do when he comes that matters. That's what they come in, he can come. Hallelujah. Some people believe Satan can be where God is. You know, it's like, no, no, no. It's not true. Hallelujah. You let me show you that Satan goes where God goes. Let's look at Job. Job chapter 1. Let's start from verse 6. Give me NLT for that one. You realize that this guy we are talking about, Satan, the devil, Diabolos, Satanus. I like the heaven one. You mustn't fear him, but at the same time, you don't joke with him. Hallelujah. Some Christians talk as you, oh, no, hey, careful now. Don't, don't joke. If you are talking like that, make sure you are, you are standing well. Hallelujah. Job chapter 1, verse 6. This is long after he had been sacked from heaven. Look at it. He said, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. Members of the heavenly court. Board meeting. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. That means serious selective meeting. You, let me put this thing into perspective for you to understand that he's, he's a very serious guy. You misbehaved in heaven and you were sacked. Let's assume you had a very prominent position in a company and you misbehaved and you were sacked. Maybe you were operations manager or something and they sacked you. And one day they are having a board meeting and you can boldly walk in there. This is what Satan did. He said, the members of the heavenly court, that means they are members, so it's not everybody in heaven that is part of that. It's a select group. Members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. And look at what he said. Verse 7. And God asked them, board chairman, asked them, where have you come from? And look at this hard guy. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. When I read the verse, I realized that Satan is a hard guy. You that you were sacked. You have the audacity to come and sit in a meeting you have not been invited to. And when you are asked, what are you doing here? What have you been up to? You say you've been patrolling the earth. Just say you go everywhere. No visa. US, Italy, your room, your house. Like he's going everywhere. Looking at everything. It means Satan is also watching things. Hallelujah. So when you say when we say God is watching, you should add that Satan is also watching. 
Hallelujah. This guy is a very, very hard guy. He could dare go into their presence. And let's see what he says. What and he says. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? I want to establish a certain point. Where temptation is concerned, eh, the temptation can come if God hasn't given the allowance. Hallelujah. That means every temptation, eh, there's something that happens very quickly in micro, whatever seconds in the spirit. There is a certain approval gate that the temptation must go through. And that gate is God that mans the gate. Hallelujah. So that temptation that came for you to say something that you were not supposed to say, within microseconds, milliseconds, a screening had been done. Those of you who have traveled by a plane before, there's a certain place you pass and it can give an alarm. You won't sit in the plane unless you have gone through that particular channel. In the spirit, there's something like that. When the devil wants to bring a temptation, there is a certain check. If it doesn't pass, the temptation will not come. Let's read on. He said, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. May God boast about you like this. This one, God himself was inviting Satan. I don't think it was an invitation because he knew Satan has even seen him already and was looking for an opportunity to misbehave. Verse 9. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. Verse 10. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. May Satan say that about you. Hallelujah. When they come, may they see a wall of angelic, an angelic garrison, fully protected, holding flaming swords. Verse 11. He said, but reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. That's what the accuser does. And then verse 12. And God said, all right, you may test him. The Lord said to Satan, do whatever you want with everything that he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. So he had gone to negotiate. I'm trying to show you that every temptation, everything called temptation that comes within seconds, there is a certain screening. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it captures it nicely. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Do you know that? They are, not, they are not different. Don't think yours are too hard. That's why you have been failing to overcome them. They are not different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. That's what I mean by anytime the devil wants to tempt you. There is a quick screening. If God analyzes and realizes that as for this one, you don't have the ability to take it. He will not allow it to come. So there is nothing like, oh, the words just came out of my mouth and I said it. No. Words don't just come out of your mouth. If words just come out of your mouth without your 
consent, then it's probably a demon that is speaking through you. You are probably demon possessed. The demon that is speaking, the demon needs to be cast out. Either that, or you are a radio set. It's only the radio set that words come out of it and it has no control. If Bolares is at <laughs> whatever the radio station, and it says it, it, the words come out of the radio, but the radio doesn't have a hand in it. So either you are a radio set or you are demon possessed. So no, no, like, like I felt tempted to say the thing to, to him. And the words just came out. There's nothing like the words just came out of my mouth. There's nothing like I don't know what happened there. Right time I realized I, I had fallen. You didn't fall. You laid down willingly. Hallelujah. Because what is the Bible saying here? He said he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Another version says there's always a door of escape. It is always there. Somebody say always. Every time, no matter how small, there, there is a door of escape. But most of the time we see the door and we, we decide that we are not seeing. I won't see. It is not a door. I will not see the door. I am blind to the door. But may you begin to see the door clearly from today. And may you walk through the door and out of the reach of the devil and flee from the temptations. I'm talking about temptations. Don't limit your mind to lustful temptations and sexual temptations. Otherwise, you'll miss the import of this message. There are a lot of ways in which Satan tempts us. Satan tempts us to doubt. It's one of the biggest temptations. When we doubt God, it, 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 it hurts him more than anything else. When you doubt him. It's one of the surest ways to break God's heart. For you to doubt him. So it says there will be a door of escape. So I'm just trying to establish the fact that for every temptation. God has to give the approval. And once the temptation comes. What it means is that God endorsed you in front of Satan. That this one you have the ability to overcome it. So when you fail, what it means is that somebody has vouched for you. Not just anybody. God himself has vouched for you in this particular situation. And you let him down. That is what it means to yield to a temptation. And as I said, the temptation I'm talking about is not just the temptation to sleep with somebody. The temptation to say what you are not supposed to say. The temptation to doubt God. There, there are a lot of ways in which Satan tempts us. Once the temptation comes, what it means is that milliseconds, microseconds before, God told Satan that this guy has the ability to overcome this thing that you are bringing. That is why I'm going to allow it. So you can imagine God's face. After boasting about you to Satan. Don't think God and Satan are not on talking terms. So they talk. They talk. Endorsing you like this, saying that no, I will only allow this because I know he has the ability, she has the ability. And you see, one of the ways Satan traps us in our besetting senses that he convinces us that as for this one, you cannot overcome it. It's like baby, do know just uh, things fall apart, like the tree for things fall apart is Ajay gone. 
<laughs> As of this one, yeah, there's nothing you can do. And it's like you, you accept it. You, you, you take it. The fact that the temptation is coming means that you have the ability. You can overcome it. You can say no. You can run away. You can keep your mouth shut. You can turn your neck. The turning of the neck is the door of escape. Keeping your mouth shut is the door of escape. Sometimes the door of escape is actually the actual door in the room. It's the door of escape. It's a real door. This one is not figurative door. Real door. Run. Maybe it's a window. Jump out of it. Go away. So, immediately the temptation of God just scans you. He looks at what he has deposited in you. He looks at the messages you have listened to, including this one you are listening to today. And he said, no, you are more than equipped to be able to stand this thing. So, Satan, go ahead. And then you two, you decide that mean to me. May the Lord have mercy on us. May the Lord strengthen us in the times of our temptation. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 4. He said, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, listen here, he didn't say, since you are the son of God. He said, if you are the son of God. Command that these stones become bread. What is the first lesson here? The Bible has said that Jesus was hungry. That means at that particular point in time, his most important need was food. And so what I want to establish to you today is that when the devil wants to tempt you, when the devil wants to take you off course, most likely... He will use your most important need at any particular point in time. If you sit down and you, you examine your life, you realize that this thing is very true. It is a strategy the devil has used from time immemorial. He used it against Eve. Why didn't he come when Adam was at home? Eve needed company. There was no other human being anywhere. There was no radio. There was no TV. There was no internet. Can you imagine the bottom? Adam was busy naming things. Hey, you, you are called flower. Hey, you, you are called goat. Hey, you, you are called pig. This is a busy life. Charlie, I'm doing, God has given me an assignment. Charlie, let me, let me do the work. And the wife was at home. Nobody to talk to. And Satan realized that her most important need at this particular point in time is company. Let me go and solve that problem. Let's start a chat. And then suddenly he started twisting what God has said. Did God say? That's why you have to know the word and know it well. Did God say? It was the same strategy he was using with Jesus here. The man needed food. 40 days of no eating. Even you when you do six to six fast. Or that short one you do, the Zacchaeus fast that you do. They say there's Daniel fast. <laughs> the short one, hey, hey, six to twelve is Zacchaeus. It's short. <laughs> Even that one. 
when you smell food. One prophet said he was going to do seven days dry fast. Told these people, they sent him to a place. He made a mistake of going to lodge at a place where there was a guest house. He was near the kitchen. First day, second day, third day, he called the people. A funny guy said, Marlon, I miss me fast. So one fast. Me now, I said, I'll fast. Come and take me away. You see, that's why Jesus was my went to wilderness. No temptation, nothing, no fried plantain to go through your nose, like your roommate has been doing when you want to fast. The man needed food. So Satan, first thing straight. If you are the son of God, turn this thing, this stone, into bread. Your most important need at any particular point in time is what Satan will use to tempt you. I'm telling you. Some of you, your most important need right now is to pass that final exam. That's your most important. It's like you wake up in the morning, that's what you think about. Afternoon, that's what you think about. When you're going to sleep, that's what. It is your number one prayer topic. I'm dialing numbers. Trust me, Satan will use that same thing to try and get you away from God. So when you are in church and we go 10 minutes beyond the line, hey, exams, 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 exams. What you need the most. Maybe your most important need right now is, is to marry or to get a beloved. Trust me, Satan knows it because he's going to and fro around the head. He knows, he knows what is going on. He knows what's up. He knows that's your number one need. That is what you pray about. Lord, bring my boas. Bring my boas. Bring my boas. I claim my boas. And sometimes when they have spotted somebody they believe is a boas, they put their name there. I claim so so and so. I claim so so and so. Hey, gentlemen, people are claiming you. Eh? Hey, I prophesy to you that you are somebody's prayer topic. Is your boas so Satan too will present a fake boas <laughs> because that is your most important need at that particular point in time fake boas boas was a godly man a rich man and I believe he was fine too you know the name alone boas as on this one you hear, they don't inspire confidence. Boaz. Even you say the thing, cry, can say, no, Charlie, that guy, that guy, that's a swaggish name. Boaz. Some lady I was talking to, some guy came to try to, you know, convince her. That, 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 that. A guy came, said, what, what is your name? He mentioned his name. He said, but my friends call me Alewa. He said, when you're the Alewa, <laughs> I said, but Alewa is a type of tough. It means he's sweet. He's a sweet guy. I said, no, no, no. Ah, I want some nice. Alewa. And you're Boaz. You know, you want to sit up and <laughs> listen to the guy. So you're looking for your Boaz. And Satan too presents a Boozman. <laughs> As a fake Boaz to bring your way. Because that is your most important need. 
I pray that when it comes, you will not compromise just because you have a need at that particular point in time. You wait upon God to bring the right person at the right time. Hallelujah. The most important need. The times when you want attention, that is when that Amalekite boy was up to you. 11.30 Hi. Are you there? Are you sleeping? Mind me why. 11.30 Because that's your most important need at that particular point in time. Like you want... At times you feel, you feel like, you feel so worthless. You feel so like, you know, that's when the Luciferian, Amalekites and Luciferian, that's when you comment on your DP. Oh, girl, you're looking sweet. It is certain trying to beat your need of the day. Your most important need at that particular point in time. As for needs, they'll come. Everybody has a need. Me, I, I have things that, like things that are important needs to me right now. And I believe you also have things that are important to you right now. But be sober, be vigilant, be alert because those are the things Satan is going to pass through to try to tempt you. May the Lord give us the grace to, to, to discern. May the Lord give us the grace to stand the temptations of the enemy. The most important need. That is the first lesson. That Satan will tempt you through your most important need at any particular point in time. And you see, interestingly, Satan was trying to tell him, change stone, rock into bread. But for me, Satan thought he was doing some big thing in Biyama, but it was a very, very little temptation. He was trying to tell Jesus that if you are the son of God, just, just prove to me that you are a son of God, the son of God, by turning bread or turning rock into stone. I'm sure Jesus was laughing. He said, he was like you. Haven't you heard that I am the rock of ages? And at the same time, I'm the bread of life. So when it comes to a rock becoming a bread, I literally live it. I don't have to prove anything to you. I don't have to prove anything to you. You see, Satan thought he was doing something. Nah, man. You are going to test a PhD student with class one work. Why, Yerakra? Verse 4. He said, but he answered and said, it is written. Somebody say, it is written. Say it again, it is written. When Satan comes, you have to quote to him. It is written. It is written that fornicators, adulterers, will not enter the kingdom of God. Then you come again. But you will marry him. Eventually. So what is the point? Am I preaching to somebody? <laughs> but you will marry him. You see, rationalization is a very powerful thing. Eh? If you joke with it, rationalization is what neutralizes conviction. That's what Satan uses to neutralize conviction. When a thing is coming and the Holy Spirit is trying to convict you, 
I ran away, ran away. This is it. Remember the sermon Pastor Leslie preached. Remember this is this, 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 this. You come and use one line, but you will marry him. If you don't do it, he will go to other girls. Am I preaching to somebody? Brings in rationalization. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What Jesus Christ was saying is that, look, Satan tries to get us to a point where we believe there is something you can't live without. If you don't get that thing, you are not complete. If you don't pass that exam, there, there's something wrong with you. You are not complete. If you don't buy a car, you are not complete. If you don't build a house, you are not complete. If you don't marry, if you don't have a beloved, you are not complete. But Jesus told him, man shall not live by bread alone. Man will not live by marriage alone. Man will not live by beloved dosing alone. Man will not live by a visa alone. Man will not live by a house alone. Man will not live by a car alone. But by everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of the father. Oh, he will convince you. That this thing, if you don't get it. So all your life is about that. Everything else doesn't matter. And you, you are in Satan's trap. Look, if you put all your hopes in life on something such that if that thing doesn't happen or that thing is taken away from you your life is crumbling and that thing is not god it is not worth it it's not worth it but that is that is you see temptations are in diverse forms it's not only for you to do something focusing on one thing so much it's like it is the most important thing if you don't get that thing done then you are not complete May the Lord give us the grace. May, may the Lord give us the strength to overcome the enemy when he comes with such approaches. He said, man shall not live by bread, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your life is not dependent on some one thing. Your, your life is not dependent on some one relationship. B. Your life is not dependent on some one business plan B, like that. God is too diverse. God is too creative. To, 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 to hinge everything in your life on one thing. One thing. Verse 5. He said then, the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Verse 6. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, When Jesus went, it is written. He too decided, okay. Me too, I'll go, it is written. That is why the it is written, you must know that it is written well. He took him to a pinnacle of a temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw thyself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your feet against a stone. He quoted Psalm 91 verse 11. We all like Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say amen. He was quoting the verse 11 of Psalm 91. But look at how he quoted it. He didn't quote it properly. That is why you have to know the word well. Look at what he said here. He said, he shall give his angels charge over you. 
and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your feet against a stone let's look at psalm 91 verse 11 and see what was really said psalm 91 verse 11 he said he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways he left there in all your ways he just said he will give his angels charge over you that can we have the verse 12 in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your feet against us so he quoted everything right though, but he left the in all your ways then all your ways makes a very big difference in the meaning of this thing in all your ways means your normal life as you are walking around as you are doing things in your going and coming he will give his angels charge over you not when you foolishly go and decide that you want to test god by jumping from a high place to go and fall down but he left there in all your ways out so he said he'll give his angels charge over you mm. so throw yourself down now show me that you are the son of god the devil will always tempt us to try and let god prove himself in our lives Sometimes we are looking for a sign. Guess what you're like? You are looking for a sign. God, prove yourself. God, you must prove yourself. It's a very serious thing. We think it's a very spiritual thing to do. When you are praying and you are telling God to prove himself, one, what it means is that your prayer is laced with doubt. Because you are telling God, prove yourself. Prove yourself. When you say prove yourself, it means... You have set an exam and you are giving it to God. And you say, God, you must pass this exam. You must pass this test. Prove yourself. God has stopped proving himself to people. I know what I'm saying. It's very controversial. But after Jesus died and resurrected, God doesn't have to prove anything to anybody again. In fact, God doesn't owe you any other thing. Because he has given you his best already, which is his only begotten son that he gave to you. He died for your sins. It's the best thing God can do. So if God doesn't do anything else for you, he has done his best for you already. He doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. He doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. Oh, we are looking for a sign. Let me tell you something. Most of the time, when you're looking for a sign, you don't get it. When looking, oh God, give me a sign. You won't get the sign. It won't come. Because Israel, what signs didn't he give to them? What didn't God show Israel? In the wilderness, he showed them all sorts of things. Still, Moses came back and they decided that they want to worship a baby cow. Baby cow. So he's realized that look, the sign Christ doesn't do anything. Just just believe. You see, let's let's read something in Matthew chapter 16, verse 4. Matthew chapter 16, verse 4. God wants you to just believe him. Just believe him. Don't go looking for signs and evidence. If he gives you a sign, thank him. It's fine. But that is not what you use to validate himself. It says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign shall be given to it. 
except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What is the sign of the prophet Jonah? The only sign you need is that like how Jonah went into the belly of the whale for three days and the whale could not contain him and vomited him out after three days. The son of God after he is crucified will go into the belly of, of Hades for three days and death will not be able to handle him Death will not be able to hold him down and Hades will vomit him out after three days. What he's trying to say is that the only sign you will get is the power of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Finish! That is why somebody under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost wrote that hymn. He said, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Finish. That is what we need. Look, this assigned thing, it has made a lot of people stagnate in their ministry. You feel the earth to do something for God, but the devil comes and says, what is the sign that you are called? What is the sign? What is the sign that this thing that you are doing it is even God. Look, when you speak to men of God, and there are a lot of things men of God go through. Mental, like all sorts of things. Bishop Doug will tell you that one of the things that plagued him for years was that he always wanted to see Jesus. And it was a problem for him. He felt until he sees Jesus face to face, like it doesn't endorse his calling. Until he understood that, look, I need no other argument. There are certain things in the Bible God has already commanded us to do. You don't need any sign. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel. If you feel the urge to go and mount and speak up at the roadside and call out for souls. If you feel the urge to stand in the church, you don't need God to appear to you. You don't need a sign. You don't need lightning and thunder with a baritone voice from heaven saying, my son, my son, that trotro is your mission ground. Go and preach there. He said, go and preach. So you go ahead and fulfill that edge and do it until God says stop. You don't need a sign. But Satan can put you in a position where he said, everything, God, I want a sign. You are about to enter a relationship. There's a gentleman who said, just last week I was counseling somebody. He said, she feels she's ready for the relationship. She feels at peace in her heart. She feels the gentleman is a Christian and everything, but she's looking for a sign. I said, what sign? Is it road signs? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you want a traffic light to appear to you in the spirit? Green light, go! Then you know that God says go. They are looking for a sign. And many Christians have fallen into this snare. We want a sign. Somebody invited somebody to church. Here. The first person, the person has said, I can see you. You are wearing white. I can see you. You are wearing purple. I can see Pastor Alpha. He's wearing black. And a red tie. I can see you. <laughs> oh, who are there? adulterous generation. Adultery means you are moving from here to here. 
You can't stay in one place. That is the generation we have right now. Looking for a sign. And oh, you will get the sign. You will see strange fire. They will give you a country and tell you to bring chameleon and the penis of a dog. Now you find your dear mouth. That's what we want. We don't like simple things. We like things to be complex and mysterious. And like, ah, this is from a bad. It's from a bad. Want everything good. Today, before what I did, I was prophesying. In the beginning, I was I was prophesying. But you want me to do, hey, Missusumaba. Pasafa come for my jacket. I feel like I've been plugged into electricity. Oh God. The atmosphere is heavy. I feel the weight of the glory. And your ears will be sharp. Some of you, some of the things I said while I was probably like, you didn't even hear because I didn't add gymnastics to it. A generation that seeks a sign. They will not receive any. He said, Go into the world, make disciples of all, not even men, creatures. That's serious. That means I could call me channel. And you are sitting there, you are waiting for a sign. You better go and start doing the work. Better go and start. That some things we've been given the instruction is in the Bible. The green light is in the way. Go and do it. Some of you, God has given you some business ideas. You have been saying you are waiting for a sign. You want Bill Gates to appear to you in a dream. Hey, you come here. Before you start doing it, you are looking for a sign. It's not every temptation of the devil that is for you to sin. Some of the temptations is for you to move off the course. God has prepared for you. Seeking a sign, a proof. God doesn't have to prove anything. Just believe. Somebody say, just believe. Tell somebody, just believe. It is enough. If God blesses you with a sign, thank him. But that should not be your main focus. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things. And it is not spiritual. It's not spiritual. You want to have a dream before you say yes. Or you want to see a vision before you go and propose. Be there. The time you read somebody with the spirit of Elijah overtaking anointing. God to say the thing. You say, My heart is broken. It is not good for me. It's not them going. The life is not fine. <laughs> you had the chance. I come to tell me to do what? Me, when I felt it, I spoke. And there was a reaction. You to go and speak your own. Don't come and cry to me. They seek a sign. He said, Lord, if he is the one, when I'm with him, let my stomach do. Let me feel something in my heart. A certain warm feeling. Then I know. 
that it is you, Lord. <laughs> they seek a sign. The devil will use this to make you miss your, your, your blessing and miss the path that God has created for you. They seek a sign. If you are the son of God, jump. And he'll give his angels charge by you. 40 days of fasting. Jesus didn't dare do that. To stand on top of the temple and jump. Sometimes you read interesting things people do. There's a church in the US. I watched the documentary. The whole church was established on the scripture that says that you shall pick up serpents and they shall not bite you. So every service, they have this big jar and it has very venomous snakes in there. So it's at the corner in the church. When they finish praise, worship, blah, blah, blah. And the man of God preach. And every sermon, he will quote that scripture. If he's talking about tithing, <laughs> whatever he's talking about, you add that scripture that you shall pick up seven. And at the end of the service, they say, exercise your faith. Test your faith. By going to put your hand inside the jar to handle this. I watched it. There was a man, eh? He was holding the design. He was reciting something. Yeah, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. His face was red. He was sweat. The sweat from his face can fill one bucket. Why are you worrying yourself like this? They seek after a sign. Just believe. God doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. Just believe. Even if it is delaying, just believe. It said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Just believe. believe let's go on verse 7 now is that Jesus said to him it is written again say written again you shall not tempt the Lord your God many times we tempt God we test God thou shall not put the Lord thy God to the test so the prayers we pray we, we, are, we are setting an exam question for God to answer and God doesn't like that he says, if you seek a sign, you won't get it. The only sign you get is the sign of Jonah in the belly of the whale. That is all you get. Verse 8. Again, say again. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. You see, the temptation said, I believe the first two were physical. The devil appeared to him physical. Face to face. He saw the devil. Yours, you don't see devil, but a human being with devil qualities on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory i believe this particular temptation was in the spirit why there is no spot on earth where you can stand and see the whole world and all the kingdoms i believe it was in the spirit there's no way you stand and you see all the world it's not possible and all the kingdoms and the glories in them no Verse 9. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Say all these things. That's what they're all these things, temptation. The devil brings it to us all the time. All these things. The devil was offering Jesus an alternative route to his purpose. 
Jesus' purpose was to come and take this world as it is. Save it and change it. The world had been given to Satan by Adam and Eve. So he said, it has been given unto me. I will give it to you, all these things, if you will bow down and worship me. In other words, if you will serve me. He offered Jesus an alternative route to his purpose without the cross. I'll give the world to do, do you. Do whatever you want to do with it. Change them. Do whatever. I'll stop influencing them. Whatever you want to do, do. And so he was offering him an alternative to his purpose minus the cross. No cross. No lashes. No struggle. A lot of us human beings, we don't like struggle. So the devil brings options to us. Especially young ladies. Options that will ensure that there's no struggle in life. You are struggling to pay school fees. You are struggling to pay rent. Things are difficult. You're, it's like you're always borrowing money. This, that, 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 that. And then some elderly man. I know the word that came to your mind right now. It starts with P. <laughs> An elderly man who has a wife. Comes. And he takes, give me a khaki, give me a khaki, give me a khaki. All this I shall give unto you. Then he drives you past East Legon. Luxurious apartment. Meanwhile, where you are, your rent is about to end in two months. You don't know where the money is going to come from. Electricity bill cry. Your landlord wants to pour water on you because you are not paying. Hey, am I dialing some numbers? The way people are laughing. <laughs> and he says, the way your morphology is, you are my taste and you are my type. All these I shall give unto you. Look, we can serve Satan in different ways. That's sometimes when you do, you are serving Satan. You are, you are, you are serving the purpose of Satan. When you date a married man, you are, you are, you are doing something against the family system. You are serving Satan's agenda because all the time he spends with you, his time spent away from his wife and children. And if you have plans of being a slay queen, if you have plans of being a side chick, and some married man's baby mama, somebody said she is the head of the slay queen side chicks and baby mamas association of Ghana. When you go after married people, and the wife of the man happens to be a prayerful woman somebody who knows how to negotiate with heaven somebody who knows how to go on her knees somebody who knows how to fire missiles in the spirit which are wrong with oh i know a situation like that I, the woman prayed she scattered the lives of the girl, like basa 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 she prayed all sorts of things they scattered they fled from the husband like he was a plague 
one of them, sickness, every week she's in hospital, every week she's in hospital, she had to leave the man. All these things, all these things, I'll give to you. Just compromise. You are looking for a job. You finish school, two years, three years, no job. And a friend of yours introduces you to a certain man who has a business. Said, oh, as for the CVD, it's fine. It looks like you can do the job. But there are 50 other people like you who are looking for that one job. They will show you the salary. Have you earned some before? Right now, how do you survive? How do you survive? Oh, it's a pity. It's a pity. It's a pity. And the conditions of service. Fuel allowance. Clothing allowance. Lipstick allowance. Makeup allowance. Everything. All these things. I shall give unto you. If you will compromise. <laughs> All these things. If you compromise. We face situations daily. Where we have to compromise. But may the Lord give you the strength and the fortitude. All these things. Sometimes the job they will give you is not fornication that will make you keep it. But the nature of the job itself is against the kingdom of God. Let me use the pastor Ernest as an example. He got a very lucrative, he did marketing. He got a very lucrative, like, I mean, very good salary. Better than what most of you doctors are earning. But the things they wanted him to market, he said, no. They're against my principles. He resigned and decided to be jobless because he wasn't prepared to compromise on his principles. No, you can't be preaching against drunkenness and be marketing an alcoholic beverage. It's not possible. Good job. Good salary. These are some of the things you will face in life. Tough decisions. Difficult decisions. But may the Lord give you the strength and the fortitude. Look, nobody who stands for God will ever be put to shame. He will never put you to shame. It may delay, but that breakthrough is going to come. That big break is going to come. Nobody sacrifices for God and doesn't receive anything back. Look, God, anything you give to him, he'll give it to you back with more. Anything you sacrifice, anything you give up for him. Look at Joseph of Arimathea. He sacrificed his own tomb, gave it to Jesus. At the end of the day, Jesus slept in it. Three, three, yeah, if you are one night by the end of the third night, the thing was back to if he wanted to sleep in it himself when he died, he could have had it. He got his thing back. God doesn't need anything from you, so when you give to him, know that definitely the thing is going to come back a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. What opportunity can the devil present you that God, the owner of the earth, the architect of the universe, the one who controls the hearts of the kings, 
the El Shaddai, the El Elyon. What opportunity can Satan present to you that God can give you five times more? What can Satan present to you that he can give you ten times more and a hundred times more? He said all these things. But you see, the nations that Satan was promising him, when you read Psalm 2, he was talking about the Messiah, and in Psalm 2 verse 8, he had promised the nations to the Messiah. He said, ask of me the nations and I will give it unto you as an inheritance. He could receive it, but he won't receive it from Satan. I will receive it from my father himself. I charge somebody, Satan will present an alternative to you, but may you shut the door to that alternative and wait on God and let God himself open that door. Wait for God and let God himself present his opportunity. Because the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow to it. Satan will give you opportunities, but it will come with sorrow. It will come with complications. It will come with difficulties. But when God blesses you, I pray that God will give us the grace not to compromise. May, may the Lord give us the fortitude to stand the temptations of the enemy. May we not be in a hurry in life. May, may we not be moved by peer pressure. Pressure of social media. People are living a lot of fake lives on social media. People are posting things they don't own. They stand by a car and say, glory be to God. Meanwhile, they spotted it at a wedding. And they said, this car is a nice car. Let me take a picture with it. Covetousness is in the system. Simply because of pressure from social media. People are flaunting their beloveds on status. My bae, 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 bae. What would I have done in this world without you? Meanwhile, you, you can't say like that to anybody. Valentine's Day, they'll post a picture on their birthday and they are sitting having a dinner, like dinner. And Lord, when, Lord, when, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and they shall not fail. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. God is cooking your meal. Don't be in a hurry to go and dish it out when it is half cooked. God says it is fufu I want to give you. The plantain and the cassava is on fire and you go and take the cassava and chew. And you take the plantain and chew. God says, for your friend, it was yam I cooked for him. So, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, it was done. But yours is beans. It needs time to cook. You need to put it on fire. You need to let the thing simmer. You need to let the thing soften. You need to put some salt in it. And look for some garage somewhere and add to it. And sit down. And I shall lay a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. Wait on God. Don't don't yield to the shortcuts that Satan will present to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. I want you to begin to pray right now. Say, Lord, strengthen me. 
Lord, strengthen me, strengthen me, strengthen me, strengthen me, strengthen me. Give me the strength. When temptations come, when trials come, strengthen me. May I see the door of escape. Stand to your feet wherever you are. May I see the door of escape. May my eyes be open to the door of escape, Lord. May I not shut my eyes to the door of escape. Temptations to take us away from our destinies. Temptations to take us away from the purpose of God for our lives. May the Lord open our eyes. Where you have to take tough decisions, may God give you the strength to take the tough decisions in life. Sometimes it will mean going hungry. Sometimes it will mean delaying certain things. May the Lord give us the strength and the fortitude to take decisions for him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hey, you can face that situation. It is not beyond you. God would not have allowed it to come if he knew you didn't have the strength to be able to handle it. It may be a situation of lack. It may be a situation of a delay. But God allowed it to come because he knows that the ability is embedded in your spirit to be able to handle that particular situation. Oh, may you have the grace to wait upon the Lord. May you have the grace. It doesn't matter what the devil will bring your way. You can face it. You have the strength. You have the fortitude. You have the strength. You have the fortitude. If Jesus was able to handle the devil, you can do so because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are delivered from that fear of failure in life. That fear of having a bad marriage. That fear of divorce. In the name of Jesus. Reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, the Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow!